What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by Immaculate Sports. Twitter's at Immaculate Sports. Instagram is also at Immaculate Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 45. 45, that's 45. We were trying to think of 45s off the top of the dome. I thought of Bob Gibson. That's pretty much about it. I thought of uh, Raiders former fullback, Marcel Reese, uh, (laughs) one of the best players on the team at the time that he was there. That is Uh, true. You don't say that too often with fullbacks. But uh, it's just me and Skyler tonight. Mm -hmm. Brett's in Colorado at the Rockies game right now. Alex is in the gym, hopefully putting in work and not just talking with Megan. There we go. But uh, let's get to our opener, my opener. (laughs) Today is going to be something I did earlier today, which was going to the A's game and watching a 6 nothing win for the A's over the Los Angeles Angels. Mm-hmm. Matt Olsen hit a solo shot in this game. Loriano had a 2-RBI double. Uh, Olsen also had another RBI single. Caprillion was on the mound, 6 innings strong, no runs. Uh, good win for the A's as they take the two-game sweep over the Angels. And it's kind of weird seeing a day game happen on a Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback you with your A's pick here and go with yesterday's game. Cole Irvin goes seven strong, shutout innings. Loriano with a three-run homer. It's funny, I was watching the first six innings at my house. Nothing mm-hmm. happened at all. We, there was a second and third for Otani, I think, at one point. But yeah. other than that, nothing. I drive over to my friend Josh's house. As soon as I walk in the door, they're like, bro, you see Loriano's homer? <laughs> like, no, fuck, man. Of course, it happened when I was driving. So that's what happened to me yesterday. But still the best best game I saw. Yeah, it was a fun game to watch. That two-game sweep, though, was pretty mm-hmm. big for the A's. It's, they go on a little road trip now with yeah. the Mariners and the Padres. And you'll be schedule. going to. That's true. We'll talk about that a little bit more right, later. Right. But let's get into where's your head at. And we're going to have a little MVP talk here. We talked about our awards uh, last week in the show. I think it was about our first half. Uh, who, who's winning MVP? Who's winning Cy Young? Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year and stuff like that. But we're going to go through a little scenario here. So what say if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins a triple crown, which means he'd have to take over Otani's spot as far as home runs goes. And I believe somebody else has it for average right now. I'm not too sure. But Vladdy has it in RBIs. So if he wins all three of those categories, mm-hmm. wins the AL triple crown, and Shohei continues the pace that he's at right now, obviously not the home runs because yeah. Vladdy would have to overtake him. Who's winning the MVP? Vladimir Guerrero is on pace for a historic season. I think the Triple Crown is in reach. We talked about this. But I think the only way is if Otani gets hurt or stops pitching because the writers are on his side. Pretty much everyone in America is on the side of Otani right now. So it would be hard to convince otherwise. Not just in America. But well, in I know. I, I just world. mean like specifically America after the Stephen A. Smith stuff happened. Yeah, true. And everyone had his back at the All-Star game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're both stars, but I think MLB should do something that I'm not sure if they've done before in giving the co-MVP to both of them because there's no way you can have somebody get the triple crown and also have somebody else that's being an all-star level player on both sides of the ball and only give it to one of them and and have the other one just walk away with a second-place vote. So I think you got to give co-MVPs here, and I think that's probably something that they – might actually do not just i wouldn't be upset yeah and i don't think i don't think anybody would be upset with that except for maybe like blue jay fans or angel fans where they want their player to actually get solely but i think it'd be something great for them will be two young stars uh branching out in today's game let's go to the nl east now uh the mets are only two games up over the phillies as we speak 
We're speaking. Uh, yes. The Mets had an interesting series in Pittsburgh where they uh, they lost the first two, and then in the second in the third game on Sunday they allowed six runs in the first inning. Had one of the weirdest, stupidest plays that I've ever seen in my life that uh, included Taiwan Walker scooping the ball uh, in fair territory towards the dugout and allowing three runs to score on a ball that didn't even leave the infield, didn't even go past the pitcher's mound, but. In that game, the Mets came back and actually won due to a Michael Conforto game-winning home run in the top of the ninth that brought home two. An Oregon State man. That's going to write him, but I <laughs> believe so. That is yes. where he went. And they win 7-6 to six in that game. But the Phillies only two games out of the Mets. Are the Mets NLE's hopes in jeopardy now with Lindor and Jacob DeGrom hitting right. the aisle? The Mets are really bad right now. If you saw the lineup they were sending out in the Pittsburgh series, you probably wouldn't know maybe six of the guys if you were a casual fan. Uh, but you got to remember, I'm going to read off some of the names on the injured list right now. Jacob DeGrom, Jordan Yamamoto, Carlos Carrasco, Francisco Lindor, Noah Syndergaard, who's supposed to be coming back soon. He's throwing. Same with Deli Batances. Uh, so you can't write him off yet. But, yeah, they're not playing good baseball right now. Yeah, th- this is kind of a weird question for me because when, when it comes to their injuries, like it, it kind of depends on, like, I mean, I know DeGrom is, I don't know if he's actually on I.O., but he is day-to-day uh, at least. And Lindor, I don't know how long he is going to be out, but I know he has, like, a hamstring strain or a quad strain or something like that. And all these injuries of guys coming back, I mean, they're injured in the first place, so who knows how they're going to respond when they come back, especially a guy like Syndergaard who hasn't played in yeah. what seems I'm like I'm more thinking years. about some of the uh, the role players on the mm-hmm. team that were usually solid for them, and then they started hitting 190. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I think their hopes are actually quite a bit in jeopardy, though, because, I mean, even though the Braves don't have Acuna, they're a team that can go on a run at any point. Same thing they're, with they're the They're not Phillies. afraid. They're buying. Yeah. yeah, and with how close this division is and, like, how bad the leader is with the Mets, and they're only six, seven games over 500, uh, that has to be in jeopardy if, if you're not pulling away with it. I mean, maybe if they were two games up in a spot where they were 17 games over 500 and the second-place team was 13, 14 games over 500, I wouldn't say they're in jeopardy. But with right now, with these teams just all not looking that good, I will, will definitely say that it is in jeopardy. But I do think at the end of the year the Mets will have the lead in the division because mm-hmm. they'll buy at the all-star or at the trade deadline yeah, and get yeah. some guys and get some assets to help their team and I mean hopefully for them they'll have all their guys back mm-hmm. now one more thing before we go to halftime we're going to give our weekly awards a little short segment today on, yeah. on baseball not too long because uh, we have some some fun things to talk about in the second half as well as halftime. <laughs> so first thing up, player of the week. My player of the week is going to be Juan Soto. He absolutely killed it in the weekend coming back from the All-Star break. Only four games for him, just like everybody else. But he had five home runs, had 11 RBIs, 10 hits, hit 588 over the weekend. One of the home runs was against the position player, but that doesn't really take it off of your stats. It's just kind of like a little no. asterisk maybe. But uh <laughs> Regardless, Juan Soto is pretty much the unanimous player of the week, and I, I, I'm sure Skyler will agree. Yes, uh, thank you for saying all that. Now I don't have to. Uh, you know, five homers, eleven RBIs in four games is ridiculous. That's uh, you know Patrick Wisdom numbers right there. Oh, God. <laughs> so of course I had to go with the Juan. Juan Soto. Yeah. Thank all you, right. Ian. Pitcher of the week uh, for me is going to be Lucas Giolito. He went nine innings, allowed one run. And at 8Ks in a complete game versus the Houston Astros over the weekend, uh, White Sox take two out of three from the Strohs in 
on the south side. Uh, fun game to watch right there because I think the White Sox won 10-1. to And whenever you see the Strohs losing, it's always a good time. It's good. So I'm excited for that Giants-Astros uh, series because the Giants are somehow yeah. winning with nobody on their roster. I mean, they're getting guys back now. Crawford and Posey actually played last night. Mm-hmm. All right, well, my pitcher of the week is going to be Corbin Burns. He went eight shutout with 12 Ks over the weekend. I forget who that was against. Uh, Chicago? No, not the Cardinals. Who did they play? I don't remember. (laughs) You shouldn't put me on the spot. Anyway, sorry, Corbin Burns, for not knowing the full details, but you still balled out, man. Yeah, he he pitched really, really well. Uh, Lastly, rookie of the week. I think there's kind of two directions where you could go here. I'm actually going to go with James Caprillion. Yeah. Uh, six shutout innings, uh, five hits, zero runs, two walks, seven Ks against the Angels today. Just a couple hours ago. Oh, I agree. I'm going with Cap, too. I know you saw it in person, but mm-hmm. on TV he was looking electric. Uh, and it's great to see he's got an ERA under three now. Yeah. Uh, he's been balling out. Yeah, he's been a good surprise. Another player to mention here is going to be Gavin Sheets. Yeah. Uh, he had a three-run walk-off home run in game two of the doubleheader versus uh, the Twins yesterday. This is the first baseman slash outfielder for the White Sox, for yeah. the guys who don't know who this Big is. Big power guy. Uh, two home runs, five RBIs over the week, though. Hit about 300. So a good week for the rookie. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right, let's go to halftime. Now, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. Welcome to halftime. We'll start it off with some interesting NFL news. I think it's interesting. Um, so, for 10 games mm-hmm. next season on Monday Night Football, Eli and Peyton Manning will be hosting on ESPN2. That's great. I mean, they've been trying. Obviously, it's not a main broadcast. We don't know if it's just going to be them two or they're going to have, like, you know, McFarland and Randy Moss with them too. I saw something but, saying that they're going to have, like, guests with uh, current players and former players. As, and I also saw that the deal was, like, not only 2021, but also 2022 and 2023. That's good. That's, I love that because they've been trying to get that guy since Gruden left. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, some more – I don't know if you saw, but some uh, news about Gruden, like, being a dick to everybody at the ESPN studio came out. Which I'm not it. I'm not surprised. It doesn't change my opinion. Like, yeah. you know, he's a dick. He gets what he wants because he's a winner. Yeah. You know, but getting the Mannings to agree to this, even if it's just 10 games, I'm watching the ESPN2 broadcast. Yeah, it's Come a on. big W. Uh, Going to be a little bit of comedy in that as well. Yeah. Next thing in the news is Melvin Ingram signing with Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I believe, yesterday. All pro, or not, former All Pro? Yeah. Maybe he was a pro. I know he was a Pro Bowl. I don't know if he's an All Pro. But For he, the Chargers, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, he uh, signs with Pittsburgh, edge rusher. I mean, he's kind of a guy that we expected to sign a lot sooner, and I kind of thought maybe we could go to the Raiders with uh, Gus Bradley being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Casey Hayward, so we I knew we were going to get one of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Melvin Ingram going to Pittsburgh. Uh, it's a good signing for them. That's big. Yeah, missing uh, Bud Dupree next year, too. Yeah. So Solid defense. Good for them. Uh, some MLB news. Uh, fan was banned for life from the MLB for throwing. Was it a home run ball or a ball that he threw I, after I the inning? I, I don't know how the guy got the ball, but he threw a ball back at Verdugo, which mm-hmm. kind of gets stupid. It kind of sucks. You know, I understand a little bit, you know, a away team hits a homer, throw it back onto the field, you know, toss it to the mm-hmm. outfield. But... Chucking a ball over... I mean, come on, guys. Come on, that, I mean, that's child's play. I don't think it, it could have been a, a ball he threw back, though, because from, like, an away team home run because Verdugo was on the field. Yeah, maybe so it was, like, end of the inning. Uh, or, who knows? 
It, it's some weird shit, though, that, and it's good that that guy got banned from all MLB stadiums for life. Yeah. Uh, next thing in the news is Jock Peterson was traded to, uh, Bot- not Boston, Atlanta, uh, I think, like, last Wednesday, so we were quite... We had really bad timing with this because we kind of just finished our episode from last week when this yeah. happened. Uh, he got traded to the Braves uh, for prospect Bryce Ball, uh, one of the middle prospects for the Cubs now, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but he's got good power. He yeah. does. I, I figured that one out. I'm a big uh, MLB pipeline guy. <laughs> yeah, Jock's got good power as well. He's already hit a home run with the Braves. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but I saw some things saying that perhaps he could be flipped in this in this deal with uh, obviously the Braves not being super super competitive now with uh, Ronald Acuna being out, but uh, I mean who knows we'll see what happens over the next few weeks we'll mm-hmm. probably have more news if something does happen. we will have more news yeah, if, something if they want to get a guy with some more uh, control Kyle and I were trying to figure out it got a little heated but it, the overall point was trying to figure out mm-hmm. if the option was if the money was guaranteed or his roster spot was guaranteed with the option two point five is guaranteed two point okay. five money. Okay, but anyways, uh, some Olympic news here. Zach Levine enters protocol. He misses the plane to Tokyo. He's not going to be there, uh, I think, for two weeks is the is the protocol for COVID. Jeez. Damn. So that that's tough because he was the uh, you know the third number three guy on the team. It was KD and Dame, and then he was the third ball handler. So that's tough for Team USA. Obviously, coming off of some bad expedition exhibition losses. Yeah. Fuck. So. Uh, Man, I mean, Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee are there now, so they. Hey, but JaVale McGee fine. has gotten the gold for for Team USA before. There we go. I, uh, I expect them to still get gold, no matter what was going to happen there. As long as they have a few stars, they should be fine. Uh, some more Olympic news. Uh, Olympic baseball obviously is going to be happening soon. Todd Frazier headlining that team. We've talked about the qualifying team a few months ago. And we also talked about the team that was going to be playing on this uh, Olympic squad a yeah. few weeks ago. But Todd Frazier. Number one guy on he, that team, probably. It, did you watch any clips from the uh, qualifiers? No. He fucking rakes in that tournament. And I uh, so I mean, Scott Casimir, mm-hmm. uh, bet, sorry. I, I, cut you I off. mean, they're just playing dudes that aren't in the league That's or anything true. like that. That's so true. I expect a little bit of that, but good to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott Casimir, uh, MLB journeyman, he was great with, the, with Tampa Bay in the early 2000s. And the A's. Yeah, and in the late 2000s. <laughs> but uh, so he was let go by the Giants and. Mm-hmm. Join the squad. So he's, other than Matthew Liebertor, uh Cardinals. Nick Allen. Top guy. Well, I meant pitching-wise. Well, let's talk about Nick Allen. How about <laughs> that? A guy who we thought was a middle-of-the-pack prospect for the A's. We have a pretty thin organization. He's been mm-hmm. balling out this year. He's, he's like, like a little yeah. a little Dustin Pedroia at shortstop. He's got one of the strongest arms I've seen. Yeah, he, he is like one of the highest grades of fielding in the minors. I, I know for sure at shortstop he does. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting to see there. Maybe like... I mean, his size isn't comparable to Angelton Simmons, but a mm-hmm. guy that's skills are comparable oh, yeah. to a guy like him. So it's exciting. Or like Jose Iglesias. Okay. Uh, wait, they dropped arm, in. Stronger yeah. arm than Jose Iglesias. I mean, fuck, man. Look, there, there's some, some clips of Nick Allen. I'll mm-hmm. send it to you because, it, man, he was throwing darts across the infield. Yeah, he's good. He's really all right, good. all right. Let's get back on topic here. Um, the Padres and Nationals had a series after the All-Star break, and it one of the games was suspended. There were some gunshots outside of D.C. Yeah. Found out three guys, not four, but still, three guys were shot. It's uh, a weird scene because uh, it happened right outside the third base uh, gate uh, at Nationals Ballpark in Washington, D.C. 
and I mean everything kind of just got paused and we saw people running out of the stadium and stuff because they didn't know at the time if the shooter was inside the stadium or outside all they heard was gunshots yeah we saw clips of players funneling fans and family from both teams into their own dugouts uh which was kind of like weird to see Uh, it was definitely weird to see like people sprinting and not in like a fun fashion at a game like that uh but yeah good good thing is everybody was fine inside obviously Mm -hmm. except for those things that happen outside but hopefully those guys get well soon uh one of my uh my boys tyler Mm -hmm. out in uh san diego with the marines in his dorm was watching some baseball. He finally got a TV in his room, so good for him. He had some bets on the line on this game. <laughs> he was like, fuck, man, we're in a weather delay. I don't know. I'm like, dude, it's not weather delay. That's not weather. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go, Tyler. Our last headline <laughs> uh, before we end up halftime is the bench is clearing uh, in the Mets-Pirates series on Friday night. This happened when uh, Marcus Stroman was pitching to, I think, Jonathan Nowowski. Nogorowski. I did see see that. Uh, He was hitting, and it was uh, the fifth inning, two outs. Pirates are up two to one. Stroman has pitched this whole game, obviously. He's got about 90 pitches, uh, and he's looking to get out of this inning, but there's nobody on, so it's not like a big jam or anything. Nogowski hits the ball super hard to first base. Uh, Pete Alonso just puts his glove up and catches the ball on, on the line drive. And Strowman's like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, he's all pumped up that he got out of the inning. And Nagelski kind of thought that Strowman was, like, looking towards him and, like, pointing towards him and stuff like that. And so he's like, yo, why are you talking shit? I just hit a 100-plus mile-an-hour ball against you. Uh, and so they, they got into it a little bit. Strowman's obviously a very fiery dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happened. No, nobody got ejected. And then when it came around the other half of the inning... Uh, Strowman was done for the game because he already threw like 96 pitches or something like that. And he's chilling in the dugout, and Nagelski's playing first for the Pirates, which is right next to where that dugout is for mm-hmm. uh, the Mets. And they're just talking shit back and forth, but nothing really happened there, I don't think, after. So uh, it, it's always fun to see like little dust ups like this in baseball. It makes it f- more fun and exciting, and it makes like usually like national news because. People think baseball is boring, but uh, it was fun on Friday. It's cool, especially. I feel like ever since uh, that World Baseball Classic run, Stroman's just been like one of the most exciting players in baseball. Yeah, he's definitely a very emotional dude, and it, he shows it a lot now, obviously, mm-hmm. after that Olympic performance. But that's yeah. going to do it for halftime. Mm-hmm. You ready to get, get to the second half? Let's go. All righty. So first off, in the second half, we're going to talk about the finals. Bucks are up 3-2, and we are literally just starting – uh, game six right now in Milwaukee. We'll try to get this posted. Fifteen seconds as possible. Yeah. into the game, uh, so Bucks up three two. Together, what are you seeing so far from this this Bucks team in the last three games? This Bucks team, Giannis Antetokounmpo has been unstoppable. I like what Drew Holiday has been doing. Chris Middleton's been a little up and down, but the role players on this team are hitting their shots. And Aiton, Although he's he's had pretty good games, he's not had you know the twenty point twenty rebound Western Conference Finals games. He's been uh, a little bit contained as much as possible. So I think Milwaukee at home for this game six, they're going to steal it and they're going to steal the series. Do you think there is that chance though? Like, how how do you feel about the Suns? Like, I know you just said that they're mm. they're not going to win, but how do you feel about the Suns? Like, actual chances to to go get this win here, in Milwaukee. Oh, wow, just another great block by Giannis that just happened. I mean, he's he's had a whole Mm. bunch of blocks like that this whole series. Uh, You'll see that on Bleacher Report. But how do you feel about the Suns' chances to actually come back from down 3-2 in this? This game's going to be tough. 
Okay, obviously Devin Booker has been doing his thing, but they need everybody, literally everybody, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Mikkel Bridges, make no mistakes at all. Mm-hmm. If they win this game, I think they have a great chance to win Game 7. Yeah. But it's all about tonight first. Going back home for – I mean, Game 7 would be something I think just about everybody except for Milwaukee fans would want to see just because mm-hmm. the, the whole intensity of a Game 7 and you always know in a Game 7 – Especially in any sport, uh, but especially in basketball, there's gonna be some big shot, some big thing that happens that kind of just like this was that. We remember moment. forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, game sevens are fun. Hopefully, it gets there. Uh, and in my case, I want the Suns to win. I think that'd All be right. cool. But uh, I, I definitely think Giannis deserves it. And you think yeah. this this if he, if Giannis gets his ring this year, so they win whether it's in six or in seven. Yeah. Does this start Giannis's possible goat story? I love that you said that because last night my friends were talking to me and saying, "If Giannis wins this, does this end his or you know end the legacy?" I'm like, "No, no, no. He's just getting started if he wins this." Mm-hmm. So I love that. I think it's. I don't really like the goat uh, argument. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter, you yeah. know. But I think this definitely starts his Hall of Fame legacy. I mean, I th- it already started his Hall of Fame legacy, I think, with the winning Depoy and two MVPs. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to be the or greatest the solidifying of all time, it, and, yeah. and with how young that he is right now, 26, 27 years old, it's like it, it, there's a legitimate. Obviously, he's not the goat right now. Obviously, yeah. there's nothing. He's not close to anywhere like MJ, LeBron, whoever you want to have there. Kobe, Bill Russell, Will, whatever, hey, all those guys. <laughs> uh, He's not close, but, I mean, having a ring at 26, 27 years old is definitely going to be something that people look at. If, hey, Chris Paul the the career. is in his first finals here Yeah, at 36 years old. Yeah, he's stupid old. But we good at basketball? Yeah, we're good. Let's we're talk good. about football. Uh, <laughs> yeah, too much on the slate this week, so we thought we'd do something way too early. But hey, NFL you guys listening, don't forget the first preseason game two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, it should be fun. Obviously, I mean, Hall of Fame game is is cool, but it doesn't mean jack shit. Uh, It's just cool to see some of the younger guys see how the depth chart mm -hmm. fills together. I mean, maybe that's just me. I just like to see the depth charts become filled all across the league. Uh, And see live snaps is something Mm -hmm. that's cool to watch, obviously. Uh, But training camps are starting now, so we figured we'd do our way too early NFL predictions. Don't worry. This isn't the last of football talk for us. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of times before the season starts, and I'm assuming... That Tuesday before that first Thursday night game, we'll make a full season predictions and everything. But this is just a very, very rough draft of those. Okay. So, Skyler, uh, we'll, we'll first go into the division winners in the AFC. So, first off, who do you have winning the AFC East? All right, the AFC East. You don't have to be super long in these either. Just All right, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I don't think it's a real contest here. I don't think Miami's a little overrated. Yeah, I'm going with Buffalo as well. Uh, I think this is very clear choices. Like, I, I think uh, New England has a chance to be a playoff team. Miami has a chance to be a playoff team. Sorry, I don't think the Jets really are quite no, there no, yet. I don't think so But, either. I mean, Buffalo is a for sure playoff team. and AFC East teams have a pretty mellow schedule this year. Yeah, and... and That's why we... I'm not, I won't get into it now, but I have uh, pretty much every team in this division winning a good amount of games. Yeah, and, and Buffalo is definitely a legitimate contender, not just in the division. Yeah. So, AFC North... AFC North, I'm going to go with Cleveland. I just, I don't think Baker Mayfield is, you know, a generational talent, but he's mm-hmm. doing everything he's been asked to do. And uh, you can't 
you can't be upset with that. The defense is getting better and better every year. Uh, hopefully, Miles Garrett has his head straight on for this season. Uh, yeah, it I was guess really good last go freaking Browns. <laughs> Ian <laughs> love to hear that. But this division is kind of all about trends. Uh, for the Bengals, I think they're definitely on the rise with mm-hmm. Joey Burrow coming back, and as well as Jamar Chase being there, and all all the guys that they drafted last year. They just got to keep him on his feet. Yeah, the entire Pitt- season. Pittsburgh is a team where they're kind of on the downfall. I mm-hmm. mean, they won, what, 12 games in a row to start last year and then lost five in a row, including yeah. their game in the playoffs, uh, to get bounced, like, uber quickly. Uh, so they're definitely on the downfall. Ben Roethlisberger's probably in his last year. He's not the greatest anymore. I mean, they have a solid defense. They have a great defense, but it's just it's not the same as what it was at the beginning of last year. Yeah. And then you have the Browns. Browns are on the rise, obviously. They had a great season last year, but I don't think they're quite yet there for that division spot. And that's why I have the Ravens, who are kind of just standing pat. They're not really up. They're not really down. They're just maintaining the great team that they have been the last few years. That's and that's fair. why they win the AFC North. In that's my fair. Mind. It's going to be a close close race there. AFC South. AFC South. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Carson Wentz has been a little streaky, but their defense is Great, their offensive line. Other, they need a left tackle because they're retired. But other than that, I like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, everyone on the defense um, and Tennessee. Even with uh, you know Julio Jones will bump up what I originally had for them uh, when the schedule came out when I did my picks. Mm-hmm. But uh, still, I think it's just going to be a little too short. Yeah, for Tennessee. Uh, so th- this division is kind of interesting as well. Uh, I do think Indianapolis gets the win. In the division, but the quarterbacks are kind of the big thing for for me here. I mean, obviously, Tannehill's kind of a sure thing. I mean, we kind of know how good he's been Plus the last few years. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, that happens with every team. If, if their starter gets yeah. hurt, it's a little weird. Uh, so Tennessee, I think, is the smallest question mark out of any of these teams because, I mean, yeah, they got Julio, but they lost Corey Davis, and mm-hmm. it's a whole it, – it's going to be a better team, but not that much better. Uh, so I have Indianapolis taking that, but Jacksonville, we don't really know what's going on there. I think Jacksonville and Houston are going to suck this year. And, and then Houston, <laughs> Houston is another thing to talk yeah. about because they were terrible last year. And they're going to be probably terrible this year, but they're going to be a lot better because they have a whole bunch of vets and all the draft picks that they had, while I didn't have too many, are going to be learning from guys that have done it right their whole career, which I think is big. AFC West. This is obvious, I think, as far as division winners. Yeah, Kansas City, best record in the NFL for me, 15-2. and two. Are those two losses against the Raiders? Let's see. Ah, uh, yeah, the Raiders won one of them. Raiders win one on the road, and Baltimore wins one. Ah, I have Kansas City winning the division. Uh, the rest of the teams, I mean, I don't want to get too biased, so I'm not going to say too much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Kansas City. What about... The wild card teams you got. Wild card teams. Should I run through all three epics? You just go through all three. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think uh, my fifth team here, just below Cleveland, is going to be Baltimore. They miss the division by one game, so they get the five. Uh, Miami, like I said, the AFC East has a pretty mellow schedule. They're going to be just fine winning six games if Tua, you know, works works out. No Jalen Hurts tension over there. And my seventh team is going to be Pittsburgh. I agree. It's a little uh, questionable here, but I think. Mm-hmm. The veterans know know how to do, especially on the offensive line. You know, they they lost some guys, but I I don't know what it is. I just I trust the vets on the Steelers. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm not gonna pick an order five, six, seven. I just got the three teams. Yeah. 
So one is one is going to be Cleveland. I think that's pretty much a surefire yeah. uh, team to be in the playoffs because how good they were last year, and they're only going to get better with guys like Odell coming back. Uh, next up, Tennessee. Julio Jones being there is big. Obviously, they were a playoff team last year, and they're going to be a playoff team this year. Lastly, this is where it gets a little interesting because I've had a history of picking the Raiders to be a wild card team, but that's never worked for me. So I'm going to do a little reverse psychology and pick the Chargers to I be like that it. <laughs> that, uh, that that last team, uh, I mean, if they weren't in my division, I think I'd be a little fond of the, the Chargers because they got some fun pieces on their team. Justin Herbert, I think, is insane. Uh, Brandon Stanley, the new coach, looks to be good. Defensive genius. Yeah, defensive genius. Just like genius. Rick Ryan. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Chargers should be a fun team to watch. Uh, it's also going to be fun beating them twice this year. Yeah. But, uh Yeah. Raiders miss the playoffs. There's that. Hopefully, I'm not saying that again in week 17. 18. 18, yeah. Let's go to the <laughs> NFC. Now, NFC East, the weirdest yeah. division in football. Yeah, it's a uh, division winner, by the way. Sticking pretty weird. I'm taking Washington once again. I have them going 10 and 7, which is weird. You know, we don't know who's going to play quarterback Fitzpatrick, Haneke, some other random guy. Mm. Uh, but their defense is amazing. And I don't know if Prescott's going to be ready or not. So I, I I can't take Dallas. I'll tell you one thing. Dwayne Haskins is not going to play quarterback. No. Because he's on the Steelers. That is true. <laughs> All right. NFC East. I have Dallas winning the division. I mean, the obvious choice for comeback player of the year is yeah. going to be Dak Prescott. Or Burrow. Uh, that's true. But uh, yeah. I think Prescott probably has a little bit of an edge there because Burrow is so young and stuff like that. But uh Dallas should be an interesting team to watch. I mean, their offense was scoring points like crazy last year before Dak got hurt, and then after Dak got hurt, they couldn't really score at all. Uh, so I have Dallas winning the division uh, with the other teams kind of being mediocre, uh, but I do think Washington gets that second seed. All right. All right. Uh, NFC North. The North. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Da Bears. Bears. Uh, in Mike this Dick scenario, Dick. I don't have Aaron Rodgers playing. We found out today he turned down a contract that would have made him the highest paid athlete in NFL history mm-hmm. uh, yearly, not uh, you know like a Mahomes type deal. But uh, right now, I have the Packers around 500 if Jordan Love is the quarterback. So the Bears were the easy choice for me here. Yeah, I don't know what happens with Aaron Rodgers, but one thing I do know is that he's not going to be playing with the Packers anymore unless they do some miraculous thing where they move to L.A. and play at SoFi and, you know, make Aaron Rodgers completely happy. Make a stadium in Chico where he's from. Yeah, they get rid of Goont Goonts and uh, all, all that stuff happens within by week one. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. So Aaron Rodgers, he can play for them this year. I think he... And Rodgers kind of sits out this year. He just sees what's going on. I don't think he's going to retire legitimately. He might pull a little, uh, little Brett Favre. A little Brett Favre to get Go off to the, the Vikings. Team. <laughs> uh, so that leaves the door wide open for the Bears. And I think yeah. the Bears jump right through that door with Justin Fields and company. Yeah, and they got Allen Robinson franchise tag. Probably won't be back next year, but they got another year. Yeah. And we'll see how exciting Darnell Mooney is to watch. Because he was fun oh, to yeah. watch last year, but... I mean, he didn't have the best guys throwing him the ball. So yeah. uh, there's that. But the Bears won the NFC North, in my mm-hmm. mind. NFC South now. NFC South. It's got to be Tampa Bay. Uh, no disrespect to New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina. They're just – they're not anywhere near the level of Tampa Bay. Um, man, run it back, boys. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> taking the reigning champs here, too. Period. Done. We're moving on to the NFC West. 
All right, let me scroll down there. Okay, we got a jam-packed conference division yeah. here, the NFC West. This was before I found out Cam Akers had a torn ACL. So I have the Rams number one. I think I'm still going to stick with that. Uh, it's tough, obviously, but Stafford's going to do great things there. Mm. It, it's it's really close. I'll get into how close it is when we get to the wild card teams, but it's really close, but I'm taking the Rams. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing we kind of forgot, or not really forgot to talk about, but we were going to get to talk about here is the Rams yeah. and Cam Akers because, uh, yeah, Cam Akers tore his Achilles, uh, Achilles? this morning. Yeah, so. Oh, my bad. My he's going to be out for the season for them. Daryl Henderson is a backup as well as some other rookies that they have. Malcolm Brown. They, who'd they draft? Uh, some, some weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh. We'll look at it. Yeah, the, the Rams, I think, should be fine because, I mean, running back injuries are big. But they're not as big as having a quarterback get out or your top wide receiver be out or your top defensive guy get out. Or losing to the Jets. That's fair. Uh, but the Rams are my NFC West division winners. What about the wild card teams now? Wild card. My first wild card team is going to be San Francisco. I hate to do this because I don't like San Francisco blaming my field for their injuries. That's their own damn fault. But... The defense is great, and, you know, again, I hate to say it, but I love Trey Lance. Uh, he should be ready to go after a couple of weeks here. Uh, my sixth team, for very similar reasons, is going to be Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. They got all their weapons retained. Jamal Adams is healthy, I guess, again. So good good for them. Uh, and then my seventh team's going to be Dallas. Uh, you know, I, I have the... NFC being pretty weak this year with mm-hmm. a couple of big names not playing or moving over to the AFC. So Dallas at 500 gets in as a wildcard team. Yeah, when I was doing this for the wildcard teams, I was kind of just looking at the NFC thinking like, do I see this happening? So I go through the teams. Giants, no. Philly, no. Washington, no. Detroit, no. Green Bay, no. Minnesota, maybe, but no. Atlanta, no. New Orleans, no. Carolina, I kind of like Carolina, but Sammy no. Sammy Darnold. But no. <laughs> so, that leaves me with three teams, and those three teams are Arizona, San Francisco, and Seattle. Mm-hmm. And now with <laughs> the new playoff format that we got introduced to last year, where there's seven teams in each conference, I think every single team in the NFC West makes the playoffs this year. Uh, obviously, they can't really do that with like extremely great records because they have to play each other, and there's going to be losses on both sides, obviously. But I think all four teams in the NFC West makes the playoffs. First time that would happen in NFL history. Yeah. It should be cool. You know, I'm a little – I love – it's hard to love a team that, that's not mine. So I guess mm-hmm. I, I can't say love. But I like what Arizona's doing. I love Arizona. It's fun to watch. Uh, I like Kyler. I like D-Hop. I like Kingsbury. Obviously, Kyler and, and D-Hop are great. But there's just something – I don't know. It just hasn't clicked. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they put up great numbers. They've had great highlight plays. But there's just something about those two. I don't know. I mean, I love Isaiah Simmons and uh, and Zayvon Collins, too, but I, I'm not ready to, to say that about the Cardinals yet. I think I know why I love them. Because last year in fantasy, I had Kyler Murray <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins. There you go. And when those two guys are playing, it was nine receptions, 100 yards, eight receptions, 120 yards. Fuck, even one day there was 15 receptions for, like, 200 yards. So, I mean, yeah. those guys are fun to watch. 
They and almost lost to Joe Flacco, too. Yeah. Remember that? True. Hopefully, they're fun to watch this year <laughs> Yeah. as well. But let's get to our bets and let's get out. Wait, no. No, no, no. No, we got bad. some awards. We got some awards yeah. to do first as well as a Super Bowl pick. Mm. Uh, so we'll, we won't get to the MVP quite yet. We'll do Depoy first. All right, Depoy. I think this is uh, pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. I, I got to go with Aaron Donald. He has the best odds, obviously. He's not going anywhere. He plays in the middle of a defense centered around him. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a first-place team, if not a playoff team for sure. Yeah. Uh, I got to go with Aaron Donald. I feel like by saying Aaron Donald, I feel like I'm unprepared because it's just like such an easy choice I, for this. I felt the same thing. And so, like, I really wish I could go with somebody else, but when there's a guy that good that plays How many that defenses well? are centered around a defensive tackle? Yeah. I mean, maybe the 85 Bears with I, William Perry? I mean, Fuck. you got you – got, three people on, on a guy like him and so he's still gonna find a way to get 10 sacks and three four ten four fumbles yeah. or some random ass shit fuck it maybe a pick six this year who knows maybe dropping back in coverage that'd be something i mean he's probably fast enough i'm sure honestly i'm sure so i'm going with aaron donald for his fourth defensive player of the year all right what about mvp skyler the award that everybody likes to talk about yeah uh I have a similar issue with my pick, too. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like a lazy pick, but come on. I have – not like last year was a bad season, mm-hmm. but I just have a feeling Kansas City's going to – they're going to take over the league again like they did two years ago. And uh, I think Mahomes has a chance to get over 55 touchdowns. I sure uh, hope not. I know you you don't, but yeah. fuck, man. I mean, this guy's potential is through the ceiling. I also want to shout out Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel I can't shout out anyone for Depoy just because you know Donald is Donald, in a league of its, yeah. Donald, not Donald is in a league of its own. But uh, jo- I think Josh Allen has the same kind of potential. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to go with Mahomes right now. That's fair. So MVP here, I could have gone Mahomes. I could have gone Josh Allen. Yeah. But I chose with Matt Stafford here, the new Los Angeles Rams quarterback. Uh, obviously, that trade was one of the biggest things that happened over the offseason, going from Jared Goff to. I mean, Matthew Stafford is a pretty big jump for a team that's already pretty damn good. So I think they're not favorites to win in the NFC because of the Bucks, but they're yeah. right there. An honorable mention is their biggest contender, Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's got a good chance to, to be the MVP without even putting up that great of numbers because if they if they go 14-3, and 15-2, it feels weird coming up with these combinations in 17 games now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean... How can you not show, chose Brady? Because you know he's he's so damn good, and we're just like you, you kind of get not ignorant to it, but like you kind of ignore it a little bit now because like he does it every single year, year in year out, no matter how much you hate him. Yeah, I do like the Stafford pick. It remind I, we talked about this before we started the show. It reminds mm-hmm. me of when uh, Matt Ryan just finally broke. Like we knew he was great, but mm-hmm. he just finally had that MVP season we've been waiting for. Yeah, he broke loose. Yeah, and uh, sorry, Niner fans. I know you guys don't hope, <laughs> hope for that not to happen, but I think it will. Matthew Stafford, book it right now All right. on uh, July 20th, way before the season starts. Yep. So let's get to our bets. Oh, wait, fuck, I keep on forgetting. we got to do Super Bowl picks. So I, you don't have to choose a team that they're going against, but who's your winner? I'm going to go with the Chiefs over. The, I know I just broke a rule, but <laughs> Chiefs over the Bucks. Rematch, Chiefs get them back. And then Brady... Has to decide. Is this it? Do I leave on a loss like this? Never. <laughs> Never. I mean, we saw Brady's trainer, I think it was, say today that he's going for at least two more years, uh, which wow. is kind of crazy. 
The dude's going to be a grandpa and be playing in the NFL. Uh, I, I think it's so hard to not pick them uh, and the Bucks. So I'm going, Oh, I agree. I'm going with the Bucks <laughs> here. Number eight for Brady would be absolutely insane, but I definitely see it happening this year. So Tampa Bay back-to-back. Kind of right. crazy. It, it was so weird to think. When we when Tom Brady became a free agent last year, as a Raider fan, like there was like rumors obviously about him possibly coming, but I was like, Yeah, do we really want this? This dude's so damn old. He's like forty eight years old, it seems like. You gotta remember too, part of the reason Tampa Bay was so good is because Bruce Arian lets him do whatever he wants, lets him recruit whoever he wants. Yeah, and and also the, when you're a guy like Tom Brady and yeah. you played the way that you have, you get I mean, recruiting power and stuff like that, but guys. I'm sure, I'm sure he would have got it in. You in don't Vegas, have to. Yeah. You don't have to recruit guys. Yeah. They will they'll come to you because they know how good you are and they know the the winning mentality that you have and things like that. So, um, um I mean, and the genius of Todd Bowles. <laughs> sure, I'm sure Brady talks to them all the time. All right, uh, let's get to our bets now. Finally, and let's get out of here. Let's get on out of here. <coughs> so layups last week. I had the Red Sox over New York Yankees on Thursday. I was going to put this in very light green because the game didn't. Well, I, I did the same thing with mm-hmm. my pick last week. They got moved back one day. Well, the thing is, the game that I had yeah. got moved to August oh. 17th, so it hasn't happened yet. But they did. Red Sox didn't win the next day, so it's a slight green. But, uh, I mean... I, I think I'll, it's fair to give it to yeah, you. Yeah, because it's the same starting pitchers, but we'll go back to that oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's exactly... I picked the... When the Mets game got suspended, I was like, no, I, I got the Taiwan Walker game. Whenever it pitches yeah. next, that's my bet. We'll, we'll go back to the August 17th game when it happens yeah, yeah, and yeah. see how it actually turns out. So it should be fun to see. All right, put that in your weeks. notes. Exactly. <laughs> Skyler had the A's over Cleveland on Friday. Uh, Eli Morgan was the reason why Skeller chose this because yeah. he has had a bad season for Cleveland. It was the he, Jed Lowry show. He pitched well. Uh, Cleveland was actually winning going into the ninth inning. Elvis Andrews got a base hit. And then Jed Lowry hit a two-run walk-off mm-hmm. home run off of Emmanuel Classe. 101 inside. Jed turned to burn on it uh, into the right field stands. Actually, right where I was sitting today, so that's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, but it's a W for Skyler and a W for the A's on Friday. So this week, I have the Strohs sweeping the Rangers uh, this weekend. I mean, the Strohs are crazy. The Rangers are crazy bad, and they've been getting shit on by the Tigers uh, this week. So, I mean, maybe the Rangers have made some moves at that point. I mean, who knows if Kyle Gibson's Mm -hmm. gone? Who knows if Joey Gallo's gone? Strohs sweep the Rangers, though. All right, uh, my layup is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA Finals. If that seems too broad, uh, you'll find out why in my bold prediction. But as of right now, just Bucks win Finals. All right. Any amount of games. All right. So last week for bold predictions, we actually got them both wrong. I had the Diamondbacks winning the series over the Cubs. I believe they took mm. one of those games, but Cubs ended up winning the series. Yeah. Skyler had Miami over Philly twice Man, on that Friday. Man, that was close. It happened that once. That was close. But not twice. Yeah. All right, so this week for bold predictions, I chose Matt Olson to hit three home runs this weekend in Seattle. <laughs> Hopefully all those happen on Friday and Saturday when I'm there up in Seattle. T-Mobile. Uh, yeah, should be fun. Going to get there right as the gates open because mm-hmm. got to see that ballpark. And, uh, you know, I actually found out where we're sitting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. My dad was going to surprise me, but he ended up telling me we're right behind the A's dugout. So oh, cool. okay, okay. Okay, yeah. well, my bold prediction is going to be the Bucks win game six by 20-plus 
Right now we're off to a great start. Bucks are up by 13 uh, near the end of the first quarter. And I, it's just because I, I figured this would be very similar to game three where the Bucks get to go home with – they still had the momentum and they're coming home. And it's just, you know, uh, Giannis has been unstoppable. I could go on all day about, you know, what a home team feels in the playoffs. But you guys know what I'm talking about. And I don't play in the NBA. That's so true. that's it. Uh, that's <laughs> true. You do not play in the NBA. Uh, but that's been episode 45. Skeller, where is our Twitter? Twitter's at Mac Sports. Instagram is also at Mac Sports. YouTube and TikTok. Immaculate Sports. There we go. Episode 45. We'll be back with episode 46 next week. Hopefully more trade deadline stuff. More than what oh, we yeah. thought was going to be happening this week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. We don't wish for any injuries, but hopefully some more NFL news. And we will have your NBA Finals winner. That's true. And and we'll talk about legacies. Maybe draft talk mm-hmm. a little bit with that going on That's in two true. weeks. Free agency. Who knows? NBA draft. You guys know. If you remember from last year, my big board for the NBA draft is always good. That's true. Maybe <laughs> we'll get Ian on here or something. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe we'll see if he leaves weeks. this UFC world. All right. Uh, <laughs> episode 45, Marcel Reese. Bob Gibson. We'll see you guys next time. Go Jets. Deuces.